This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 167. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly brought to you by Jiggler. Jiggler is the creative, do-it-yourself, online marketing platform top agents are flocking to. Build everything in minutes right on your desktop. From marketing flyers, reports, lead generators, and social media posts, Jiggler has hundreds of templates waiting for you to customize, download, and print or post. Get started today and try Jiggler free at Jiggler.com. That's J-I-G-G-L-A-R.com. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast. The very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm with Joel Sharpton from Lafayette, Louisiana. No, not actually from Lafayette. Where are you from, Joel? Uh, well, I'm, I say I'm from Ruston. I'm not originally from Ruston, Louisiana, but that's where I am now. I've been here for like 20 almost 25 years total since the start of college. So yeah, that's where I live. That's where I'm from. I'm from Ruston. Are you originally from New Orleans? No, I, I grew up in this little town, uh, Bastrop, Louisiana. You have to be very careful because it sounds like you're saying bastard, doesn't it? Um, especially in my accent, Bastrop, mm-hmm. Louisiana, a little bitty town in Morehouse Parish. That's where my mom and dad still live. Nice. Uh, and it's like about an hour away from where we are now. It was just far enough to move for college, Ray, where my mom and dad couldn't come visit without calling me first, right? Nice. Nice. <laughs> and there'd be plenty of food. Exactly. Um, tell me, um, what's your nearest town? I know you're not far from Shreveport. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in between Monroe, Louisiana and Shreveport. Those are the two like uh, decent-sized cities close to me. And then yep. to Baton Rouge, it's about four hours. I'm about five hours from New Orleans. Uh, so I'm like right in the north center part of the state of Louisiana. And I mean, Louisiana is, uh, I think still as of, to, well, the numbers haven't updated. They, they're updating our numbers every day at noon. Um, but it is, as of yesterday the fastest growing location for the coronavirus. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, look. We're uh, number one. We're number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's not something that you want to be known for, but you know no. what? I'm sure you'll take it. That's all you can do. Well, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm super, super thankful for, and Ray, I was noticing, a, I saw a post of yours about your prime minister the other day in Canada there and how you guys are, you know, oceans apart uh, politically, but that you're very proud of, of many of the steps that he's taken and yeah. you like stable, solid leadership at this moment. That's what we've got at our state level. Um, Governor Edwards, um, uh, John Bell Edwards, who was reelected last fall uh, for his second term, he has done a tremendous job. He was ahead of it. He was telling us exactly what was coming. And he was saying, you know, take these steps on your own. And then he began to order mitigation steps and he's tightened those down as needed as we go. Yep. Uh, I think he's done a great job of, of managing the, the relief and the response to it. And the key thing is you want someone who can, again, it's about steering the ship, right? Because we, we are going to get through this one way or another. Mm-hmm. Can we not destroy ourselves in the middle of it? Can we hold together as a society and as a community uh, while we're trying to figure it out and respond? Ray, you and I have talked about this off air. Like through the course of human history, we've done this again and again and again and again, right? Like this is not new. 
Yeah. Uh, we've fought world wars and we've come back from them. We've had depressions and we've come back from them. We've had pandemics and we've come back from them. We've responded and we've overcome. Um, but it's about being right-minded. It's about everybody taking the individual actions that you need to take. I was thinking today, I was like, what are we going to say when, when Ray and I get on, what are we going to talk about? Here's <laughs> the thing that occurred to me. How, how, how funny it is in many ways that what the vast majority of us are being asked to do in this time is just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> like you think about during World War II, everybody was asked either to go to war or to go Son, to the factories. I want you to sign up. I want you to take this gun. I want you to go shoot people. You may or may not come back. We've been yeah. told to sit on the couch and wash our hands. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, and we've all got Netflix and Hulu and Disney plus and like, what, what I mean, and honestly, like it's that's obviously not everybody. Pampered. Lots of pampered we are. Yes, we're super pampered. But I mean, there are obviously there are there are medical professionals that are that are slaving day and night right uh -huh. now to yep. fight this thing on the front True. line. I think about the grocery store workers. I know several people in the in the grocery industry. Oh yeah, those people are. It turns out first responders, right? Yep. In the midst of crisis, those yep. are some of our most important, uh, you know, workers in all of our economies. Um, I think about even restaurant workers to a degree, although I honestly, I kind of wish right now we would shut restaurants down altogether, even for takeout. It, it makes me, it makes me <laughs> super nervous, very frankly, uh, for all my friends that are waiters and, and waitresses and, and, and bartenders and everything else. I understand the need for those jobs to continue because most of you live literally not just paycheck to paycheck, but day to day. A lot of those people literally pay their bills daily. Yep. So, but that is just more reason for our government at every level to respond and come to those people's aid so that we can all do what we're supposed to do, which is keep our distance, wash our hands, stay the hell in place, <laughs> chill out. Like literally most of us are just supposed to chill out. And if we do that, we, we can go through a very short period of time where we figure out where the hot spots are. We isolate, we test, we begin to treat, and then slowly society can, can go back to normal. A lot of us could go back to work in a month or two months if we would honestly isolate. If, let me ask you a question. And I'll, I want to, I want to, uh, Actually, before I ask that question, I'll just let me rewind to, to leadership um, and your buddy at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. How's he going? <laughs> so, I, I, it's, and it's, so listen, anybody, if you, go, if you go and follow me up after this interview, if you've never seen me before online and you go look at any of my stuff online, you'll know that I'm rabidly anti-Trump. I am, I, am, I am about, I'm almost left of Mao at times. Like I am, <laughs> I'm way left, all right? But I know you and I've had a couple of interesting discussions, but I love you. Yeah, well, it's because you and I, we both have our hearts in the right place, which is one reason why I know I'm not, I'm not wholly right in some of the things that I think. And I think mm. you, you uh, feeling that way about me makes you understand, yeah, I'm probably not wholly right in some of the things that I think about economics. And we're, it's always somewhere in the middle uh, where we meet. I think we need both sides. But um, I've thought so many times during this, Ray, what an opportunity he has here to look like a hero. Okay, I mean, you don't mm -hmm. like Trudeau very much. Mm -hmm. But but a little bit of stable leadership, and you're praising him in public. That's I would gladly do that 
if and for hey here's one today he's going to get on on the air i'm sure he's going to have a press conference this afternoon and crow about this deal that they just uh, agreed to last night they're going to supposedly vote on it as we're recording this two trillion dollars yeah, two trillion dollars and, and the most important thing to me is the small business loans so it's so zero percent interest small business loans that are very interestingly being um um handled through local banks this yeah. is not like a national thing so you're going to stimulate the economy in like three or four ways ways there yep. uh, with each one of these loans. Very, very cool idea. And then the other thing is the individual payments. So you guys are getting, the Canadians I think are getting like 2000 a month for most people uh, until this thing is over. We're getting a one-time $1,200 payment for individuals. That's the American way. Pull our, pull our bootstraps up. But hey, I will what say gonna this. Do? You going to upgrade your bike? Yeah, man, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay some bills, Ray. I'm going to very, be very frank with you. I'm going to cover some bills. So, but look, seriously, anything is better than nothing. And I'm glad they got, you know, out of their behinds and 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 made a move. And so when when Trump goes on the the press conference today and he crows about signing this deal and all the money that he's, oh, you know, a, a huge stimulus package for my friends, the Americans. Um, I'm going to. I'll get on Twitter and I'll say, thank you, Mr. President. I am, I am applauding. And the same thing, I've, Mitch McConnell, thank you for getting out of your own way and getting this thing done. Mm -hmm. uh, it is more important than any partisan idea. I mean, if you'd honest to God, six months ago, Ray, if you had suggested that the American, that this Senate was going to sign a check of $1,200 for every American individual and send it to us, I, I would have said, you're insane. What are you mm -hmm. talking about? No, there's no crisis that mm -hmm. can bring them to that. So, and here's the other thing that I'm excited about, personally, as, as kind of a lefty. Uh, I kind do of. think, yeah, well, a lot of a lefty. I, th I do think that the American public is seeing the response that the rest of the world governments have, have had to this. And I think they're seeing that there's a way to have a more, um, a more centralized response to huge crises like this, especially. Mm -hmm. There's a way to have more, a better sa social safety net. I yeah. mean, I think Canada and Australia are great examples of that. You guys, you guys are not like crazy. You're not Scandinavia, right? But you, both of you as, as societies are significantly better set up to take care of the least of these than America is. Yeah. And, and there's no reason why an industrialized nation shouldn't have safety nets like that. So I think, again, I think we're going to move that window a lot um, in America through crisis. And I, that's what I keep telling my kids. I'm like, you know, the world, the world is totally different now. We don't know what it's going to look Isn't like it? after this thing. Everything's actually. changed. Like, no, so, so, like no, so much has changed, right? And that's what I want to talk about with you really is, mm. is like, because you and I aren't, we're not scientists. We're not doctors. We don't know how this thing is going to come down. As, we're not oh, even economists, really. Books. But we're both businessmen, and mm -hmm. I, I really want to focus on, like, where are the opportunities? Where yeah. are the hopeful things to look for in this, particularly as entrepreneurs, particularly if you're in the real estate industry or if you're in media like, like I am, you know, in, in this new world that we're – and first of all, we all get to create it, right? We all live in – everybody that's listening to this lives in some form of a democracy. Yeah. You get to help shape what your government does and what your society does after this. Stay active, stay involved, keep your head up and know that, um, you know, when we come through this and we will, when we come through this, we can have a much 
more efficient form of government, um, a kinder, gentler form of government, but also kinder, gentler forms of corporations too. Like the way that we had structured a lot of things doesn't have to be the way that we structure things moving forward. Yep. Um, whole industries are going to change whether we want them to or not. So be agile, be, you know, be ready to take advantage of those things. We, I, are, I mean, you're, you're saying, yes, I'm going to shut up for a minute. What are you thinking in this moment, Ray? Like, where are the, oh, where are the hopeful things? Where are the opportunities? I, um, I wake up in the morning, I listen to the B- I, I, I'm, I'm kind of careful with the media that I take in. I listen to the BBC, uh, World News, and um, I listen to a daily podcast I love from uh, Michael Barbaro at the New York Times called The Daily, which I think is really good. Um, and uh, that kind of gives me the heads up on what's going on. Um, I think there's going to be a heap of opportunity. I mean, our industry of real estate is changing and has changed forever. Um, so many different things. I think we're going to get smarter. I think there's going to be, there'll definitely be a culling of the herd in uh, in our industry. And a lot of people, uh, I mean, look, it, we've had this kind of boom for 25 years and now we're heading into, into you know, God knows what, um, in, in all honesty. Um, but there will be opportunities. There will be, you know, opportunities for different ways to do things. Speaking of which, I just got a, I, I just got an email from Google. Check this out from the G Suite team. I think, you, are you a G Suite uh, member as well? So yeah, I am. What they're saying, um, uh, they're making their, they're uh, making their Hangouts function available for up to two hundred and fifty participants per call. That's normally an enterprise thing. So these features typically only available in enterprise edition of G Suite. G Suite will be available to all cu- customers until July one. So make use of that. Um, yeah, just get informed. Um, find out what's going on. I'm hosting a webinar tomorrow, a live presentation with Justin Lon Carrick. Um, here in Toronto. Um, well, I'm up at the cottage uh, and Justin's in uh, in uh, Burlington, but we're going to be talking about 25 things that real estate agents can do right now. And I've had a look through the list and there's a lot of cool things there. So things will change. Um, I think people are trying to, on they're kind of split. On the one hand, they're dealing with the crisis and, and comforting parents and kids and, and partners and stuff like that. And the other half of their brain's going, hmm, how can I, how can I capitalize on this? What can I do? How can I, this is a once in a lifetime, once in a generation opportunity. What am I going to do with it? So um, that's where my head's at at the moment, rightly or wrongly. Well, I, so, okay. So let me tell you what I'm thinking about uh, because I'm, so I'm in podcasting obviously. And, and I think I've, I've heard been on that. the show before. Yeah. Ray, Ray and I have worked together for a few years now. I, I produce his show and, and publish it for him. Uh, I work with your brother and, and through you, Ray, I've gotten into a, uh, actually a whole little vein of real estate folks now and, and mortgage Uh-oh. agents and everything. It's kind of working real well. Um, I hey, lost, let me interrupt, keep that yeah. thought, but let's give people a heads up. How do they reach out to you if they want to start a podcast and why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, and that's that's what I wanted to talk about right now. If you do, if you would like to reach out to me, you, you can find me at joelsharpton.com or at propodcastingservices.com. Either one, you can find you know some client lists there and a basic idea of my rates, and then lots of different ways to contact okay. me. That's I'll put the those easiest links thing to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've lost a couple of clients through this, which makes perfect sense. Yep. Uh, people that are that are shuttering that were more hobbyists and things like that. I have had a couple of people that were set to launch and now are holding off because they don't really know where their industry's headed and they and they want to respond to that rightly at the right time. That makes sense too. But on the other hand, Ray, I think to myself, there's a whole lot of office workers 
different people in, in middle management at, of one form or another, people in sales, uh, people that were traditionally working in these, you know, open office uh, things at a cubicle or whatnot with a laptop, and now they're doing it in their home office mm-hmm. or hanging out on their kitchen table or their uh, you know kitchen counter. And I think, how many of those folks are going to go back? Yeah, good question. Good question. I I see yeah. a ton of people talking about man. I really like working from home. I I think first and foremost, a lot of these companies are going to need to cut costs mm-hmm. in the end. Yep. So they're going to be cutting locations. They're going to be cutting physical spaces. They're going to be looking for remote workers anyway. Yep. And you're going to have the combination of that and people that are saying, why do I have to get up at 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. to make a commute? I think about these folks in Atlanta, in oh, the Atlanta man. metro area that are, that are driving two and three hours a day both ways. Yep. yep. You know? Or Houston is the same way too, right? You live way out of Houston and you drive forever every day. And I think- You drive for an hour one like two hours a day an hour there an hour back five days a week that's obviously that's 10 hours a week um just i mean even if all you do with it is Netflix a month that's 500 hours a year 500 hours divide that by 24 what's that work out how many days is that we're just wasting it we're we're literally burning that productivity up and again maybe it's not productivity maybe we just reclaim it as free time but you know i i think about many days on the road a year man it's crazy man it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy so i think that's i think it was always untenable we just didn't see an alternative and this crisis this 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 virus has given us an alternative now yep. and so i think i think the vast majority of those folks are never going back to the office some of those the, i think the vast majority of those will go back to their jobs they yep. just will now be remote workers but then i also think ray i'm there's going to be a ton of entrepreneurs that are launched out of this that say yep. you know the thing that i'm doing for you i can do as a consultant and yep. instead of working for you i'll work for myself and i'll work yep. for two or three other companies too thanks very much and so again i think there's going to be a huge boom in people that now, instead of going from a 40-hour work week, they're now working like a 30-hour work week or something, and they've got a few hours on their hands. Yep. And a lot of those people are going to say, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a blog. I'm, I'm going to write, write a book novel. and sell it on Amazon. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That. So, And I mean, I, some of that's already happening, but you're right. We're, most I'm going to write a course. Mode. Yes, yeah. yeah. Exa- so, I, I mean, I don't know about you, uh, Ray. I've got several of these e-learning products that are messaging me almost daily saying, hey, our next course submissions are for the end of March. Our next course submissions are for, you know, the first of April or whatever. Make sure you get your courses in uh, for our marketplace. So anyway, I see all of that as an opportunity. I really do. And Uh, and I, I, there is the downside that I've heard a lot of podcasters specifically talk about, which is no more commutes. What does that do for listening? Personally, I'm, I'm still listening a lot around the house. I, mm-hmm. I listen when I'm doing laundry. I listen when I'm doing chores. You know, I, I listen anytime that I can't put a screen in front of my face, basically, mm-hmm. which I still think is, is common. And um, so again, as a, a creative professional and somebody that wants to offer those services and does offer those services, I just, I, I see an opportunity there. And I think a lot more people are going to want to share their voices. And one more thing, just on that same note, how blessed we are to go back to, again, like the positives here, how blessed we are that this is happening in a time, unlike, you know, the Spanish flu from 1918, 
where we can speak to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I would have had to scribble out a letter and then hope a postman didn't die in between sending it back and forth to each other to talk. Here we can share our experiences immediately and then we can turn around and share that with hundreds, thousands of people all over the world that are also having similar experiences and, and share yeah. these ideas and concepts and, and what we're all going through. Yeah. Um, it's the first, first global threat um, when we have social media even. Yes. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's, and we have it's you know, really products like Google Hangouts and Zoom and, and Skype, et cetera. It's an, it's an unbelievable combination of things mm-hmm. um, that, again, I just I remind my children all the time. I'm like, I hope you guys are <laughs> thinking about how this will literally be. This is the stories that these are the stories you'll tell your children and your grandchildren for the rest of your life. Like yep. this is all yep. anybody will ever want to talk to you about when you're adults. <laughs> yep. hundred percent. And, but it doesn't come without its frustrations. For instance, you know, I cleaned up the house. I got it looking beautiful. Um, but I can't ask over, I can't ask anybody over to check it out. <laughs> Nobody wants to come. <laughs> Kelly said the same thing. Our house is, well, it's not anymore. At least the three times. Yeah. The girls have destroyed it now a couple of days in a row, but she had it, the place spotless and she was like, we can't have anybody over. It I know. You, I know. you were talking about the, uh, take the photos and post them. <laughs> yes, that's it. We should, do, inst- instead of Instagramming our meals out, we'll knowing just when to stop, Joel, knowing when to stop. Um, you, you mentioned the Google Hangouts thing. First of all, you're absolutely right. Any G Suite user can do that up to 250. So you're talking about you want to do a webinar, you want to do a sales presentation to your email list. Uh, you know, there's lots of opportunities there. You can segment it off and and not have to pay anything mm-hmm. to get that done. That's very yeah. very cool service on their part. Here's I'm going to tell you a cool way to use it, a fun way to use it. Uh, the wife and I actually did this the other night with some friends. We played one of those. Uh, it's it's a Jackbox game. Uh, so it's like a party game. The idea is normally you'd put it on the TV. Everybody would use their phones to play their individual, you know, answers or whatever. Uh-huh. Well, instead of doing that, we we put it on Google Hangouts. So nice. the guy who was running the game was streaming that. And then we were all chatting with each other too while we're answering on our individual phones. It was like we were hanging out in the living room with each other. It was like nine or 10 of us, I think, total yeah. enjoying that together. Like, yeah. And honestly... It's the first time we've ever done that. We wouldn't That's have done crazy. that even before the virus. So, like, this is, in some ways, it's bringing us together. Hey, how's your internet speed? Mine's running at, like, at around 50 or something. So, so I have the 100 megabit uh, cable package. Nice. So, and cable off. internet, unfortunately, is one of those things where it's not a dedicated line, right? You're sharing it with everybody on your node. So, basically, yep. everybody in my neighborhood uh, has the same line. The problem is now, normally, my internet's rock solid because everybody goes to work and then all during the day, I'm here alone <laughs> to use the internet. <laughs> Everybody's here all the time using Netflix now. So, like, my internet's trash most of the time. I will say this call has been very good. Um, I've done, I guess, two or three Skype calls in the last day. They've mostly held up pretty well. This, I'm really impressed with Zoom. This is the first Zoom call I've done since Zoom's. Uh, in, uh, Zoom's Jeez, I wish I'd bought some Zoom shares about, mm, about mid-February would have been good. Well, I, there's I'm some crying. U.S. senators, I think, that did buy into some of those. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, okay. right. So we've got, I think there are four or five. I can't remember the last. One of them supposedly had a good explanation for their for their sales. But yeah, uh, yep. not smoking this, Joe. 
they had no no they had this like behind closed doors meeting though where they got the real dope on what was about to come with the coronavirus most of them get out into the public and say hey it's fine we're on top of this thing everything's going good but behind closed doors they're selling left and right like millions and millions of shares and everything and two of them specifically even bought teleconferencing stock yeah so you're like Oh, there's no. Like, I smell that's not a big a, fat Wuhan rat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, unfortunately, so my my internet is sixty point nine eight. Do a speed test for me. Go to speedtest.net. All right. Speed speedtest.net. My buddy Matt McFarlane from um, he's in Michigan. He's in Ann Arbor. He just said that sucks because he's recording eight hundred and eighty five point six eight. He comments, Canadian internet is a joke. AT&T fiber is $70 a month. You need to break up the Bell Rogers duopoly. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So we have that same problem here in the States. Basically, everybody is locked under uh, one mostly cable provider. And then sometimes we've now got a uh, telephone provider who offers like Fios or something. Yeah. Um, so generally you have one or perhaps two choices. Okay. And because of that, there's just no competition. Yeah, I'm at 62.31 down and 9.19 up. Oh, well, you're the same as me. Or you're a couple yeah, more than me. So about the same. And and I'm yeah. and I'm I'm paying see, I'm paying for a hundred though. I'm paying for twice that. Which well, on here a good day, I would get to ninety or, or eighty five at least, but uh-huh. not so much. Imagine um geez, I hope the, I hope we don't break the internet. <laughs> Long as we don't get our butts out, I think we're we'll fine. I'm at the I'm at the cottage, and uh, can I show you the view? Check this out. Yes, I have no view in my closet, so please. Oh, that's lovely, sir. I forget you're out on the lake. Yeah, it's on the lake. It's as cold as a mother-in-law's stare here, but um, <laughs> it's 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 good internet. And um, here's my cunning plan. This is serious. So I got here yesterday, right? Christine's over at. Uh, the chalet it's about an hour away we're both out of the city and my cunning plan is i'm going to cut her she says she's not coming over because it's cold and there's no running water so here's my cunning plan i'm going to i'm going to take to the ice with my chainsaw i'm going to cut a hole in the ice and then i'm going to get the fire going inside make it all nice warm and cozy and then i'm going to uh offer her to um and I'm going to call a plumber to get the water on, and uh, I'm going to ask her to come over. So um, that's my cunning plan. That's my mission for today. It's nice and warm, so, and the water is about to. So be far, on. I'm getting a hard no. <laughs> um, I got to tell you, if I had a place out of the out of the out of town to go to, I think I would probably want to go myself right now. It's it's weird, like. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't guess it matters. We have, Kelly and I have stopped going anywhere. The the grocery store is fairly close uh, here. So th- the strangest thing to me is that you and I are in the same time uh, zone, time zone mm. and yet we're in such different climates. So let me tell you what the weather is like here today, Ray. When I woke up, it was 62 uh, Fahrenheit and we're going to get up to 79 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like I think 30 or 40, your, your temperature? Uh, 30. What are you going to get to? 20? Uh, 79. Do you, do you know something, my friend? There are only two countries in the world that don't, that don't follow um, the Celsius, that didn't go uh, metric. Uh, some little obscure place oh, in Africa. Oh, I am well aware. And the USA. So, um, 
Let me. Okay, what what I did it get the to? One, I think 79? the one in Africa, and I might twenty six be... degrees Celsius. There you uh, go. Yeah, seventy nine. Why don't you? Yeah, so almost you, thirty. Why don't you just like suck it up and and uh, and just take it on as your personal mission to convert the U.S. to Celsius? So when I was in high school, uh, this was in the or even in junior high. So we're talking about like the early nineties. Everybody said over and over, "When you are grown up, you'll will all be in the metric system. So you'll you'll have to learn all of this stuff." And we we had to learn all of it. I don't think so. And that, no, we, I don't. At this point, I don't imagine we're ever going to switch. I say that I don't know. Like, it, who? Do, I, if we don't switch during a crisis like this, I don't know why we ever will. Honestly, no. like, so I don't no. think it's going to happen. But you know, I, it would Sweden, be so much changed, easier. They changed driving sides overnight. Did they really? I think it was in the seventies or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, see, look. so that I mean, that would be the only way to do it is if you literally just like overnight. And the weird thing for us is that we do, so we do some things in metric though. Like we talk yeah. about, in particular, leaders. Like we sell yeah. all of our soft drinks in liters. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's it's a weird. Americans are weird. I don't know what to tell you other than that. Americans oh, you guys are, are so weird. Strange. So weird, in fact. We're wonderful in lots the, of ways. That we've shut the border. You can't get up here. Oh, We're just keeping you environments right. out. <laughs> I was so sad. Listen, honestly, man, I have I have had nightmares even before this particular crisis. I literally had a couple of nightmares in a row where we got to November for some reason, and President Trump didn't allow a, a, a presidential election. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's it. I'll flee to the border. Oh, Kelly and I'll run to the border as. It's political uh, uh, refugees, and uh, and I'll go I'll go bunk with Ray until I can figure it out. Well, let and me know if you when, do, and I'll take that four more years sticker off my, off my truck. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when Trudeau announced that they had shut the border, I told Kelly, I was like, "Well, our escape plan is gone. There I don't know go. what we're going to do." There we go. Well, you could go to uh, you could go to North Dakota and pretend you're in Canada. Yeah. So I could send you some poutine. We could just start a commune and pretend we're we're Quebecers. I'll just I'll watch I'll watch Letterkenny and and Corner Gas over and go. over and over again. Letterkenny, it's what a, what a great show. Um, yeah, your buddy smoking Joe Biden missing in action. He's like, dude, man, he had a wonderful opportunity to lead and to what happened? Sleep at the wheel. So I'm I am not a conspiracy theorist at all. You know, all Can't the either. I'm not a Bernie bro either. But the the far left immediately wanted to talk about, oh, he's sick. Uh, you know, oh, he's, you know, they've been talking for months that he's got dementia or something like that. I don't think that's true. I, I just think he's he's old and he's not a great sp- speaker anymore, you know. Uh, all of our politicians are too old. That's just that's just true. Yeah. Uh, all of our options this year were in their 70s, effectively. Like, you know, even even Warren is is their age, too. So we didn't have any options uh, down in a reasonable age frame. I It's so weird, too. When, when Obama was elected, especially the second time, I thought, oh, we've probably seen the last president over 60 that we'll ever have. We'll only have young presidents from now on because people want to, you know, vibrant, strong, apparently mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I didn't want to buy into that stuff. I didn't want to think there's anything to the conspiracy theories or that he's sick or anything. But like they held him off camera for a long time. And then even once they put him on camera yesterday, he's like on a green screen. There's no like, I, the reason why people like Joe at all 
is because he is kind of down to earth and he is very personable and he is very kind and mm. caring. Like just sit him in his living room on his couch and let him talk. Get like, into literally with his with his cell phone, yeah. like all the celebrities are doing, right? Like just get on, just put him on Instagram for God's sakes. I don't, and just let what him speak to people. I, I honestly don't know. I will say, I, th- I think there is some, I think there is some argument from perhaps some people in his camp that you let the, you just give the president rope and rope and rope to hang himself. Mm-hmm. And the president continues to, and it's true, Trump continues to stumble day in and day out. I, every one of his press conferences is a, 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 a shambles, a, a terrible, um, you know, <laughs> none of it is helping him. And yet, and yet, if you don't offer any alternative on a regular basis, meanwhile, say what you want to about Bernie, but Bernie's out there getting shit done. Yep. Uh, he's doing like daily shows. Yep. He's, he's being very present. He's fundraising. He's shifted his, his entire campaign to fundraising for the, for the relief effort. Uh, he was integral in this, this bill that they passed or that they're about to pass. I should say he was integral in that because he went and got a, um, uh, an addition specifically for unemployment insurance. He moved unemployment insurance from three months to four months, but also it's a hundred percent now and it covers gig workers. So like Uber drivers and tipped employees. So like wait staff, which it normally doesn't cover. So all of those are big concessions that he got personally from the Republicans was, I mean, in Biden's anyway, it's very disappointing. It's very disappointing when he is like clearly the what results? nominee. Well, so he, this odds still, if you go look in the odds makers, they still have him winning the election. But Who, Bernie? Like, no, no, Biden. Uh. Bernie has zero chance at this point of coming. Like literally the only Dude, way that Bernie socialist. can win the... He's not Bernie, the only the only way that Bernie could win the nomination is if Biden literally died or dropped out. Um, I mean, if he if he gave his entire delegacy to uh, or delegation i think is the actual word if he gave his entire uh, delegation to uh bernie at the convention then i guess bernie could win but i don't think that's going to happen um <laughs> wow well the, will say the betting there, at the was, moment is is trump and trump and biden uh, even money well and see if this if any if the stimulus continues, so, okay, so they're going to send us the $1,200 checks and they're doing the small business loans and stuff. Let's say this thing lasts another, first of all, the president's talking about opening things up at Easter. That's not going to happen. No. He doesn't have the authority to do it anyway. The governors do. And they're, most of them aren't going to follow his order um, or his suggestion. But let's say that we get like two months down the road and we're still basically at some level of quarantine. Most of us are. Then I think we're going to need another stimulus. But then if they, if they do that, if they follow through, I mean, again, we, you and I talked about, he's got such an opportunity here. So mm-hmm. little is required of him to win over enough of the public to win re-election. And that, I think that would be terrible for us as a country, but I, but I see it as a very real possibility if he just gets out of his way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're talking about Joe Biden disappearing. <laughs> if, Trump's, if, Trump's, if Trump's advisors would tell him to disappear for a week, the Dow would jump a thousand points a day, honestly, like every day that he was gone, the Dow would rise. Every day that he was quiet and he let Fauci speak at the press conferences, uh, the Dow would go up, you know, and I think people would just breathe the sigh of relief if he wasn't constantly. Here's the, here's the top five. See if you can guess them. Trump, Biden, guess who's next? Uh, Clinton, right? No. Bernie? No. Bernie. Okay. Hillary? Next. And then Warren? Not nah, Mike Pence. 
Really? Uh, Warren's out. She's uh, no. I know uh, she's dropped out, but I assume that if I assume the odds makers were to, if they're talking about maybe getting Hillary in at the convention at a brokered convention, then theoretically Warren would be. You know, that's kind of like <laughs> the Pope can be well, any. This is, this is the any baptized Catholic male. Theoretically, it doesn't have to be a cardinal. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing with the with the uh, the nomination. I, any Democrat effectively could could rise. I mean, that's like what even even when Trump won. There was a lot of talk going into the con to the convention that maybe there would be a brokered convention and that Mitt Romney would be the compromise candidate. Mm. There was a lot of conversation about that heading in, and then it, that was never going to happen. Everybody just towed the line and voted what they, uh, what their states had voted. It it is, it is unbelievable to me, Ray, that we didn't coalesce around Warren as the obvious candidate. First of all, she's the smartest of all the political candidates, I think. She is a, a much more progressive candidate than any of the rest of the field except for Bernie, but she's also uh, has stated again and again and again she's a capitalist. She wants to rebuild capitalism and 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 make our uh, capitalist economy closer to the European economies and the uh, Canadian and Australian economy, honestly, mm -hmm. economies that have that social safety net that we were talking about before. There's a tremendous amount of misogyny, frankly, especially in America. There really is. And I think that that, I think it came down to, we're not ready for a, a female candidate. Uh, blows my mind. We were ready for a, an African-American candidate before we were ready for a female. I think, we weren't ready for a gay, for a gay president, apparently. Well, so I was a little it, surprised at that. I, I, I don't think, I honestly don't think it came down to uh, his, his homosexuality. I think Pete Buttigieg. Oh, don't you? No, I don't. I really don't. I think, I think, especially, especially on the left, because you got to, the, the problem he had was not winning over independents or conservatives. It was winning over uh, progressives. And he just wasn't, he wasn't enough. Honestly, he was, he was Joe Biden light. He wasn't very charismatic in my opinion. Oh, okay. uh, and his platform, his platform wasn't very exciting either. I, yeah. I, I like him. And here's the other thing, too. He can run every four years for president until 2060, and he still won't be as old as Bernie and Biden are right now. So, Good point. Yeah, Good he's point. fine. Yeah, I just don't I, – I, I think he would I think he would have been a pretty good leader. Um, I mean, look, who knows? But um, I thought he had some – I thought he was pretty charismatic. Um, who would have thought back in 2007 that the U.S. would elect a black leader? Um, nobody, I guess. Nobody, uh, no. I, I would have voted against. I would. I would have not voted against it. I would have bet against it. The the right female candidate for sure. I mean, um, I it's going to be a Republican. It's going to have to be a Republican that that is our first female president. Somebody. It'll be the American equivalent of Margaret Thatcher, right? That's who can win it, honestly. Okay. And it's like, oh, well, where boy. is she? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I thought we had her a few years back with Elizabeth Dole. Do you remember when Elizabeth yeah. Dole ran? Yeah. Uh, God, that was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago now. Yeah. So she had a combination of, uh, she had a great track record. She had a, a good, um, you know, resume, so to speak. Yeah. She also was fairly charismatic, much more than her husband ever was. And, um, and had all the conservative bona fides. You know, yeah. I thought that that was the shot. Mm. She kind of fizzled in the primaries. So I don't know. I don't know where that, I mean, most of our young female conservatives that are, that are popular are not, I don't think they have the heavyweight intellectual nature to, to make it in debates and stuff and, and to bubble mm -hmm. up to the top. I, I just, it's, it's weird. We've got some really good female candidates on the left. We don't 
I mean, I wonder why we don't have that many female candidates on the right. That's mm. I think that's part of the problem of their party. But I honestly do think that's where it'll come from. Our first I female president will come from the right. Trump's sucking all the oxygen out of the fire. I mean, that's what he. That's how he got elected in the first place. Yeah. Like nobody could get nobody could get a word in because he just he'd make these outrageous claims about you know Mexicans being rapists and every every uh, every comment was a was a, a front page headline kind of thing. So um, well, and there's and there's no room for opposition within the party either. Like yeah. if you look on the left, there are lots of different levels of of of. Um, the left in America, right? Like so, the, so Pelosi and Schumer are kind of aligned with each other. But then you have people like AOC and and uh, Talib and Bernie that are kind of aligned with each other, and and they will vote with the Schumer and Pelosi crowd, but not all the time. And they argue a lot. There's not that kind of dissension on the right at yeah. all. Yeah, it's not allowed. So there's no like, there's no secondary or tertiary leaders there. Democrats right are disorganized rabble. I well, so that yes, but so I will say that and, and like seriously, I, I mean, good I, government I feel needs like, good opposition, and they can't pony anybody up. Think about it. So, so, but that's my problem. I think the the good opposition is not the problem of the good opposition is not on the left side. The the problem is that the right the right party has failed to function for about like ten or fifteen years now, and it's gotten worse and worse. It's cancer. It's like. What's the word for not cancerified? It's it's but it's literally become a cancer in some ways, and it's it's like growing out to infect the other party in some ways. The only way to respond to that is sort of to raise the level of of uh, argument, and 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 you're not you're not moving things forward. I mean, I hate to to be the guy, but think about Reagan and and Tipper. You know, they would talk. You know, the, the when Reagan was in office, the opposition party would come, they would hang out, they would visit, and they would butt heads, and then they would agree to something in the middle. Yep. Um, that doesn't happen at all with, with what we have now. And I'm hopeful that when we get through this, we'll get back to that. Or, hell, we'll throw the whole thing overboard and start over again from scratch with a new system that maybe that works better. I don't, I, I honestly, it's, Almost anything is possible. Almost Isn't anything it? is possible. We live, we, we live in interesting times. Well, the most. I need to go and put the chainsaw through the ice and get some water so I can win my bride back. Uh, I've got to edit a couple of podcasts so yeah. I can uh, pay these bills uh, and tell the government where to send my uh, 1200 bucks. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, can you edit this one? Yeah, man, I will. I will right. edit this one as a matter. Right. As a matter if you don't mind, I might it, put so. it out on. Uh, I might put it out on my show too. In fact, let's do it, uh, a, or an edited version of it somehow. Let's yeah. do it. Well, you guys, Joel, let me know if you're JoelSharpton dot com. S H A R P T O N. You're not it. any relation to Reverend Sharpton, are you? So, funny enough, uh, if you Wrong trace color. my family, if yes, if you trace my family heritage back. Uh, I am connected to Strom Thurmond, the famous uh, American senator for a long time. And well, Strom Thurmond, he was a Republican, you're right. Uh, well, he was a Dixiecrat. So he was yep. a Democrat that then moved over. But he was a racist. Uh, he, was a, he was a strong racist. And in fact, like in the late 90s sometime, there was some program that did a, um, uh, like a family heritage on him. Yep. And they came to find out that Al Sharpton's family was originally owned by Strom Thurmond's family. Wow. My family is connected. So, yes, apparently the name does, in fact, come from the same place. Yes. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. I um, like Reverend Al much better than Strom Thurmond for that. <laughs> Do you know that when Strom Thurmond died, Joe, Bird, Joe Biden gave the eulogy at his... <sighs> uh, at his Joe, 
so this is one of the many reasons why, like, of all the people we chose Joe for this election, Joe's got a Joe's got a real terrible history on lots of Joe argued uh, with passion in the early 80s for segregation in America. He argued against uh, the busing procedure, which which stopped the modern form of segregation in schools. Uh, yeah, his civil rights history is not great. But he and um, he and Th- um, Thurman, um, they they colluded or they got together and they passed lots of legislation and did some good stuff, allegedly, according to this podcast I listened to. So uh, if I can think of it, I'll send you the link. I th- I thought yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear it. Ray, right. I'm so glad you're doing yeah, well, I man. I super califragilistic. Hope she's doing likewise, well. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, tell your lovely uh, wife hello. And um, yeah, you guys stay safe. Yeah, we will. The great White North. We will. Take care, man. Thanks, buddy. Bye. It's no coincidence real estate's top agents use real estate's best software. Locked On is so popular with top producers because it's laden with features, but so easy to use at the same time. Backed by the number one support team in the industry, agents say Locked On is fast, reliable, and like having two assistants. If your real estate software and systems are holding you back, why not experience the ultimate cloud-based solution and take your productivity to the next level? To get your free 30-day trial and for special discount for life deal, go to LockedOn.com forward slash Ray.